Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We had a game against Salt Lake. Don't remember what year. After one minute, Begaman went after Roger, and he got him bad. Yeah. Nasty. Classic matchup. I got a nasty one after one minute. And Roger went up to Kyle Begaman and told him, and I heard it, if you have more than one touch on the ball the rest of this game here, I'm going to end your career. For 89th minute plus overtime, <laughs> Kyle Begaman played with one touch. (laughs) (laughs) Back at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. (laughs) I finally got the start off of this without them talking through it. Ladies and gentlemen, the best stuff we never record, just so you know. (laughs) So, this is the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. We are the Blue Testament. My name is Cody Bradley, Thad Bell, Robert Russert. And David Greenwald are here. We have I have a very gas baggery show for you guys tonight. Very rate sports radio gas bag question to start us off here. What does a gas baggery mean? Gas gas baggery. Come on, Thad. Uh, like radio show hot takes. Right. Who blame pointing fingers placing blame? Okay. Just, 
I don't know that term. No, that, that was a very good question. You needed to explain it for our audience. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So that is where we're going to begin. I don't know who I will challenge first with this, but... Um, we're all ready. Bring it. But while we have you listening here, please subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcast. We've slowly been creeping up from a sub four star <laughs> rating here. But uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you've been enjoying this, go review it. If you haven't been, yell at us on Twitter instead. Shouldn't like two-year-old reviews just roll off, man? A, uh, yes, they should wait the newer ones, right? Yeah. I think so. So yeah, please go do that. Subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, because the more audience we have, the more... It's like availability crack. we have. It's like crack watching the numbers go up. So that's all, that's all we need. Okay. So, gentlemen, this is my gas baggery question for you. There's a lot of upset fans. The season has not been going the way we want. There's a lot of fingers being pointed. But I want all of you, I want from each of you, the one big problem that is plaguing this team this season. The one big issue, the reason Sporting KC is not being successful. So I'm going to go to Robert first because he looks confident and Thad's not paying Cody, attention. this team is not risky enough. They're not adventurous enough on the ball. They don't take risks. They don't play that ball that you know, may not come off, but if it does, we're in goal. We're in shooting range. You know, It's too much of the predictable, oh, we've got to get a good shot, it seems. Oh, I can't shoot with my left foot, so I've got to get to my right. But if I move to my right, then the play all deteriorates and nothing's on. So this team needs to take more risks on the ball. Taking more risks. Yes. Okay, I like that. Should we discuss these individually? Does anyone have? Does anyone ferociously want to respond to that, or should we go around the, the table to everyone else's? I think we rotate around and just see how. Okay, and then we can, and then we revisit. Okay, yeah. that, then that means you're up, Mr. Thad Bell. Oh, it had to go my way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think the obvious answer with what's wrong this year is just there's been no consistency. Uh, players are old and injured, and they have not been consistently starting. No, so. no, no. See, that's not gas baggery enough for me. That's well, you can't just blame injuries. This is th- there's no excuses. You got to put the right team together. The players on the field need to be responsible. Come on, Thad. Give me, give me something. Well, Who's Burmese to blame? Didn't put the right team together. Okay, there we go. Coming out strong. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming at Vermees strong with the hot takes. He should have been a teacher, Cody. That was good, man. <laughs> Teaching Thad how to do it. David Greenwald, what is the one big problem with sporting Kansas City? I don't, I don't know how I can pick just one. It's like my children. I love them all equally. Um, but in this case, I hate them all equally. Uh, Whatever. you pick, There's one of them you like better. One of those like kids that. you like better. Man. One of them you just really don't like. No. Jack and Teddy, if you're listening, you're both great. Uh, I think Robert made it easy talking about the lack of uh, creativity or adventure moving forward. So I will, I will skip my the one I really want to do. And it's yeah. that lack of cohesion along the front line. Uh, we've talked about passing maps and everything on the on the pod before. And, you know, just from this last game, Johnny and Kyrie, zero passes to one another. Oh. Either way, not great. The whole uh, sales pitch for Kyrie being a starter was that he was so good at creating space and combining with the wings and creating opportunities for the wings to score. But if he's not going to be combining with them, and I know he's coming off of an injury and everything, but the lack of cohesion among the front line is preventing us from getting good attacking Chances, creating shots, opening up space for other players, and that's why we don't have any goals. 
So, but shouldn't Kyrie have fixed that lack of cohesion? We had Voinovich runner out there. He's brand new. Doesn't have much team with the time with the team. So we go back to Mr. Old Reliable. We don't know why, but the, it works, right? We win when Kyrie's on the field. So what happened, David? Well, that argument kind of went out the window this this game. It was like, sure. ah, it always yeah, ends up working. With Kyrie, <laughs> it doesn't always end up working. It's like, oh, it always ends up working, but if he doesn't get called for a foul when we need it, then everything goes out the window. <laughs> uh, that would be nice if he got called, if a foul got called when he got pulled down. But we'll, we'll get to that, but let's let David finish here. Well, I mean, I think Kyrie was on an island. He didn't get a lot of service. Uh, we lobbed a lot of balls kind of forward to him, hoping that he would w- either, you know, Win the win the first ball, or we'd be able to pick up a second ball. Um, there just wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of service to him. But I part of that I think goes back to Robert's point, which is that we don't really have a lot of creativity. Exactly. Um, I like Felipe. Felipe is an interesting player. He's more dynamic than Voltaire, and and certainly more than uh, Roselle. But we don't have that Benny or the Felipe Gutierrez style. Um, midfielder who can really create chances, who can, you know, pick out a pass, who can shift the defense around. And with that, it allows Kyrie to get kind of marked out of a game. Um, it forces us, especially when, you know, Vancouver was pressing us really hard. We were just lobbing balls ahead. It was, you know, back to the 2015 Dom Dwyer days, Dwyer Island. Um, and I don't Good think times. that that's a recipe for success for Kyrie. I don't know that there is a recipe for success for Kyrie. <laughs> But that certainly isn't it. Uh, I let you talk too long there, and you morphed into my one big problem a little bit there. You, you kind of mistake. You kind of took both the offense and the midfield there as as the issues. If you had gone through MLS Next Pro podcasting, you wouldn't have made that mistake. <laughs> okay, that that was my mistake. Was not going. To. <laughs> uh, no, mine. The yes, the lack of creativity in the midfield is what it comes down to for me. This league has been growing for several years now, and teams are bringing in fancy-footed midfielders from all over the world. And I think that's one spot that this league has really progressed talent-wise. And with the departure of Gutierrez and an injury to Gotti Kinda, all of a sudden we're Sporting Kansas City is left... Uh, without a there's a big hole there there is no Benny Fellhaber and and you know like I'm saying the league has been progressing I don't even know that Benny Fellhaber would be enough at this point right like there's a another step has been taken and you mentioned Felipe Hernandez he he yes he is he's been fine he's played okay but we this team needed him to be a step farther this year He's not been he hasn't taken like this big step that I think he didn't play for half a year though. Well, I know, but I like the bottom line there is like if he the team the team has had these injuries, it's in a spot and they they needed him to to step up and and fill a role that he has yet to do at least. I'm I'm not saying he can't or won't, but he's definitely not doing what the team was gonna, was going to need from him this year. Yeah, I don't know that he's he's not going to be the Gotti Kenda, which even Gotti's not a like a ten. I mean, he's an attacking midfielder, but he's really not a ten. Benny was the closest thing we had to a ten. Even Felipe Gutierrez wasn't really a ten. He was 
more of a Gotti Kenda than he was a Benny. So, uh, but with Felipe, I still got to give him a little time. I mean, he's six games into playing after he didn't play after July, June last year. He's got to get some time to get back. Uh, if we get Kenda back, if we can get Johnny's rolling a little bit. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm not even like trying to address necessarily one thing, but I'm in the, yeah, it's not great right now, but it, we've also seen this team be really great and then all of a sudden be mediocre in the past. The same team can be mediocre and all of a sudden pretty darn good. As long, once Shallowy starts scoring, Johnny starts scoring. Yeah, Shelton, we know he's not going to score a ton. Yeah, he's not always going to combine with the other wingers. But it's not. That's never been his strength. I mean, people say that's what his strength is, but it's not. It's the all the work he does all over the field, and he's not the best passer on the field. He's not the best header on the field. He's not the best goal scorer on the field. But he works his freaking ass off out there, and he should get more calls that he doesn't. But all that ends up if he's not at his best. Johnny's not his best. Shallowy's not at his best. We don't have the people, the best players in the midfield right now. Roger's been starting every game or almost every game. Love Roger, but we want to see him a little more, or a little less, I mean, a little more rested. So uh, we got we got ten minutes in of gas baggery before we got to the our lo- our, our level headedness responses of. Well, I tried to go with level headed to begin the, with. The yeah <laughs> yeah, but hey, his I've injuries. I got to finish up. I'm going to go back to. Go. I want to see more Cam Duke. He's the one Same. guy who is more creative in the midfield. Yeah, he's not going to be the most physical, tough guy that's going to knock people on their ass like Roger could, but he is the more creative. He's more like Gotti Kenda than anybody else on the field at the moment. Felipe is more like Roger than anybody else on the field at the moment. So you were saying you still have to give Felipe time, and yeah, I'm, I'm not saying – we shouldn't do that or that I've given up on him. But just to the point that I made at the beginning of this where other teams have a world-class player running around out there and Sporting KC, our midfield is clearly just not at that level. And I think while we have these guys like Roger can still run around and get stuck in and win the ball back with, with early tackles and things like that, but they're not going to, we, we're never going to control a midfield battle if we don't have that guy that can, once that tackle's made, actually make a meaningful pass to gain possession and keep possession. Who in MLS would you pull? Oh, damn it. Aha. You say there's, there's world class players out there in MLS. The second, the second I said that, I was like, someone's going to challenge me on this and I'm, and I'm screwed. Okay, go ahead. Zellerion in a second. There we go. Someone, there we go. I got yeah, support. I Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Thank you. Carlos Teamwork there. There's one. Carlos Heel. Carlos Heel. Carlos Heel, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Ha I'm winning. Okay, there's two. Other than his, like, wavering. extreme it's, it's problematic filled. activities down in Argentina, uh, what's his, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso? I mean, like, I wouldn't want him given his uh, future jail time, but uh, prior to that, excellent player. Ladero, would I even take? Jao Paulo. Seattle's entire midfield. <laughs> All three guys would take. All right, so okay. see, so I think I I feel good about my point here that well, our are the at least the talent right now in the midfield is lacking. Demir Krylov. Going off your point. Going off your point. You realize at this point last year, Bruce Nack. <laughs> we had Alan Polito playing. 
we had Gianluca Busio. We had Ilya in that midfield as well, except for Ilya had to move back to the back because Izzy got hurt. Blanco. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Jack Price. <laughs> Jack Price. Oh, no. Ooh. Kellen Acosta. By the way, <clears throat> Cody's looking it up on a site. <laughs> Mark Anthony K. So you got to realize that the drop-off in talent, like you're saying, Cody, is pretty dramatic with those guys not in the lineup. And Elgati Kinda. Yeah, for sure. And Felipe Hernandez and Cam Duke are never going to be a Zella Rayon, let alone a Gianluca Busio. We just have to understand that. Yeah, and I Aww. agree. We we do need an injection there of more See, creativity. He said it. That was the point I was trying to make. He said he was braver than I did. He actually said it. But yes, that's the that's what I'm that's what the point I'm making. Like we said at the beginning of the year, it's like, all right, Felipe Hernandez, big big opportunity this year. Like if he has a big year, that would be huge for the team. And we're still we're still kind of we're still kind of waiting for it. And I'm not you know I'm not putting this on just him, it is a little bit to like where we landed at with that of, you know, yes, there's been injuries, but the backups to these injuries have not quite been up to snuff. So it's not just on Felipe and he could end up being fine, but they're just, I, th- I think that that's going to continue to be an issue all year long. And Gotti Kinda will help a lot, yeah. but you know, I, I still He's think He's not going to solve all the problems. I mean, right. I've, I've seen, People advocating for you know this player or that player. We never should have let Helier go because he scored a couple of goals. All of those are not one single piece of paper answer. You know what I mean? They're they're not. The answer is everybody getting healthy. Maybe it is another player. I don't know what. They, and after that, well, let's use last Saturday's game as an example. For this system to work with the players we have, we have to have nearly everybody on the field having a good game. Here's what I mean. Ben Sweat. I have documented at least nine times where he failed to make a risky pass, a penetrating pass that he could have. So And he didn't do it. So, so if we've got that left back doing that, we've got you know Johnny and Daniel on their game, we've got Kyrie playing as well as Kyrie can play in the midfield holding down like you know anchor, we're good. But we didn't have that, and we haven't had that all season yet. I don't think Ben Sweat's actually the real starter. But well, I don't either, but just as an example. No, yeah. my my guy Logan and Denbe needs to run, rush back to this yes. team. <laughs> I am over Ben Sweat. I think he's a quite decent backup or depth, but I think Logan Ndebe is the clear, should be the number one starter at left back. You didn't like Sweat getting beat repeatedly behind him? You didn't like that? No. <laughs> I mean, sweat, Sweat's a better backup left back than Amadou Dio was. Exactly. Um, Ding. But the question is, is raising the floor of this team what the team needed, right? Was getting improved backups better for us, or did we need to raise the ceiling on the team. And I don't know that I, you know, I think Jean East is a great backup future starter. I'm a huge Jean East fan, but is getting a backup left winger. What the team needed, if we wanted to finally break through and get to MLS cup. Um, and the same, the same issue is true in the midfield. You know, I, I think targeting Felipe as being, let's say, I don't even want to say we were talking about him as a weak link, but the issue isn't, is Felipe playing well or not? Because I think Felipe is playing just fine. It's that Felipe is playing the role, the exact same role, really, that Remy Voltaire is playing. And are we set up for success having two guys who are functionally the same player? Because Remy and Gotti are 
very different players, even though they're both eights. Gotti being a little bit more attacking-minded than Remy. But they play different, functionally play different. Whereas Felipe is playing real similar to Remy. Um, and then when we slide Remy back into the six, well, now Roger and Felipe are playing very similar roles. And so mm-hmm. then we're missing out on that attacking creative player, which is Cam Duke, Gotti Kinda. Or my personal opinion is that we need to go out and spend and go get one of these dynamic number 10s. Did you know catch that Vermees called uh, the position a 10 at halftime of the game? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I skipped through that. <laughs> I didn't listen to halftime. He called what at halftime, a 10? He said, yeah, <clears throat> we're going to put Walter back at the 6, Roger will be the 8, and then uh, Felipe will be at the 10. And I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah. interesting. And F- Felipe is more creative and dangerous than Roger is in that case. Right. Um, but, I mean, if you're... if if you're looking for somebody to be more of a 10, then you probably need to put Cam in. Okay, so there was an April Fool's joke that Shallowy transferred. Somebody posted, called her on Facebook or, or something like that. Are people going to lose their shit if that's what happens? Because it very well could happen halfway through the season. Absolutely, people would lose their shit. Also, absolutely, that would be the 100% right move for the club to make. 100% we should sell Daniel if... They can get, get stuff. If we can get a seven-figure transfer fee. Absolutely. Okay, well, we're interviewing him tomorrow, so I'm going to tell him that he said that. <laughs> I won't be there, so I can hide behind the microphone. David, you said something earlier. You asked that question about Janis, who you're a fan of. Is that, is that what we needed You know, while we're talking about a hole in the midfield? I think it's just, yes, I think we did need that. I think just with the problems in the midfield, that just makes it glaring. And I don't think it's like an either-or situation. I think we just are now seeing that they definitely needed both. Because can you, like, just imagine we did, instead of Janice, the player we got brought in was a midfielder. We'd be saying, well, shoot, we need someone to come off the bench or some more firepower up front, is, it was what the conversation would be. So, yeah, it's just, it wasn't that, is that what we needed? I, I think it's clear we did need it. But we just there was another signing that that needed to come. Yeah, because with Polito out for the year, they had to get more forwards. They had to get more guys that could play forward. Johnny's can slide into the midfield, but he's better as a winger. Um, Nikola Vionovic, I still think he might ended up being decent. That's a fine. That was a that was a rough one. I think <laughs> we were all getting, but we're getting to the point where we need to get that name down. That was a rough Nikola. one. Nikola. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, I think in the right 
moment, I think he will score us some goals. I think when the team's healthy, he'll score some goals. The team's not healthy, so it's like it's like in, like when the team is at its best, we could swap out a player and bring in one of the homegrowns, and they play fine. But when you're relying upon five of them, that you know, there was a point last year when there was like five of them, and the team wasn't great because they weren't all up at that level. And back to what you were saying with. Did we need to raise the floor? Yeah, we needed to raise the floor. We needed a better backup at left back. We needed a better left back. We got both. We needed backup for Polito because he's out. We got somebody. Well, I think that's actually an interesting conversation that could probably take up a whole podcast because at one point that was very clearly the tactic of this of the small market team here was raise the floor and in because they know they're not going to compete with the high level spending so it was uh, like and they were kind of the building a model franchise for MLS because of that mentality and now i i think that's just an interesting question to have because the league has been changing so much and is that still what a, you know a model franchise should be doing that's a good question but yeah it, it was the it was the model for Kansas City incrementally improve every position every year that you can right be it through gr- growing your own or bringing somebody in or a free agent or whatever free agents really haven't been also good in the past but um, it was the model then they go out and spend nine and a half million dollars on a striker who when he's good when he's healthy and playing he's damn good and he can because he can do a lot of the stuff that Kyrie can do but he can also put the damn ball in the net. Well, you know, I, like I love the, that we're trying to create homegrown players and it allows us to to do things by selling Busio. It creates an influx of cash that we can use to buy more players. But there has to be a balance between it, right? Because if you look at the clubs that have pr- been producing the most homegrown players, Dallas doesn't win. Nope. Red Bull doesn't win. You know, we are more successful than both of them. And we have more balance between having homegrowns and just churning and burning through them um, for influxes of money. But if you look at the teams in this league that have been really, really successful over the last few years, Seattle has a DP striker. They have a DP number 10 in Nico Lodero. They've got functionally a DP player in Jordan Morris, Jao Paulo, and Christian Roldan. Their Mm -hmm. ceiling is so much higher than most of the other teams in the league. Toronto, when they were on a roll, had... I mean, it was insane to look at their salaries because you had uh, yeah. you had Giovinco, uh, oh. Altidore, and Bradley each making like $4.5 million a year, and then you had some guys on academy contracts making like $50,000. Ever we tried to get Bradley. But <laughs> those guys, like, th- that team was that so was fake. dominant. That was <laughs> fake. They didn't actually try. They leaked that. Sorry. They, but they gave him a call. <laughs> but there was a reason that Toronto and Seattle played back-to-back, skipped a year, and then another MLS Cup against each other is because their ceilings were so much higher because of how they spent. And if you look at how we have our team set up, we spent huge on Polito, and then we, we're we not paying huge transfer fees to bring in midfielders who are creative, like a Nico Lodero or like a peak Giovin- Sebastian Giovinco. Um, and so I think that, that sets up a, a hard ceiling for this team where we have to play perfect. The system works. It can work for sure. But it requires us to play so much higher because one player is not able to take over the game like a Zellerayon can. Well, that was my next thing. 
okay, is it a system issue then? Because most people are going to say, the system isn't built for a number 10. So do you think the system is still working or it just requires so much everybody to be on and everything to be clicking for it to work? I think the system works just fine. I think when the team had yeah. Benny, Benny from 13 to what, 16, played at a very elite level. And he was creative, but he was willing to play to, to drop back and defend, right? Now, the ability to find a creative mid who's willing to defend might be hard. That might require a lot of scouting. Um, and if the club wanted to send me to Europe to go look for that player, I would be happy to volunteer. <laughs> but the system was just still fine. on your backpack. With ben, it's not like we switched from playing like a true you know, South American 10 who just plays up top and doesn't ever defend. Benny played that box-to-box role just fine, but he had that ability to move the ball, to shape the pass, to see it, you know, and and just little things like he learned from Ike that if you, you know, yeah. hit the through ball mid mid uh, midway height on the body, that it was extremely hard for a center back to defend against. And I think Gutierrez probably had a little bit of that to him to his game also. Um, Gutierrez might be the best midfielder ever on the team in terms of a fit for the system. I don't know that we have that guy on the team right now. They're all fine. They're all good players. None of them are objectively bad. I just don't know that we have anybody who truly allows our system to hit its ceiling. Summer transfer window. Okay, so how about as a as a group here, we define the one big problem. We're on midfield issues and roster organization, roster Building. building so that's not so Thad's putting it on Vermees everything is Vermees's fault well Vermees is the ultimate who the buck stops here guy right and he's the coach and the technical director <laughs> yeah and I'm not saying that he's been terrible because I, and that's not what I'm saying at all I mean I, I still will say that there's a lot of it has injuries and a little bit of bad luck because they are a small market team they're they spend some money. They got terrible luck with getting Polito. See, that's um, what sucks is we – I think all of us at this table just come down to that, like you just said it. It's it's injuries and a little bit of bad luck. Well, same thing with <laughs> Felipe Gutierrez, his injury that occurred. Yeah. yeah. We need someone who's, – who's always complaining about this team? We need someone on this show that is angry at this team all the time. Well, I, I'll just – Plenty of commentators. commentators. So, so that we can make fun of them. How about Mike? Because is Mike always grumpy about this team? Could he come on and give us like an angry take each time? Bit. Well, can I can I just say I, I hate the idea that we're a small market. I understand this is not New York City, this is not LA, right? There's a finite amount of people in Kansas City. I, I get all that. I do. But the this idea Kansas that this ownership group doesn't have the money to spend. Any Mukhtar. Sorry. I had another one. The <laughs> idea that this ownership group doesn't have the money to spend, and I'm not criticizing them for not spending, because it's clear that when Vermees asked for the money, they gave him the money. But the idea that we can't afford a $5 million player like oh, Seattle they can. can't. They can't. We absolutely can. And there was, there was years that the ownership was telling Peter to go spend more money, but he didn't think he needed to do it, for one. Or two, he doesn't want – he'll never overspend in his mind for a player. He would never do it before. I think he did overspend on Polito. Well, and but, slash number three to that is – they would mention the difficulty of convincing a player to come to Kansas City, which is, I think, what you were getting at, David. Well, I mean, every and that was the right fit. Right, right. Anybody will come for, for the almighty dollar. 
Like you pay somebody enough money, they'll come. But, but the, the other part of it is, and I, again, this is not, I really, my criticism of ownership, because I do think the families will spend the money. Um, but if anything, like the Royals showed this, right. And sorry to go into a baseball conversation, but like this, this city loves our sports teams. <laughs> this city absolutely loves these teams. And so when they are good, the fans come out, they spend money. They spend money on shirts and hats and jerseys and oh, hot I would, dogs. I would buy a Royals hat so fast if they made it back to the World Series, but not probably not until and, then. Well, and so for years, the argument for the Royals was we're a small market. And nobody comes team. Nobody comes to games, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as the Royals were good, Kaufman was packed. People were buying stuff. If sporting puts out a competitive team every year, Children's Mercy Park will be packed. There will be people standing above the cauldron spilling beers on all of us. People will, everybody in Kansas City will be so decked like out. Extra and a, thousand people will be. Everybody in Kansas City decked out? No. Will be but okay. A, a ton of people will be in sporting <laughs> Kansas City kits. They will be wearing scarves. And that's what's going to grow the popularity of the game. So, regard, regardless of who the decision maker on spending the money, they need to spend the money. And I said this on the pod earlier, was, or maybe it was off pod. Uh, just banter, but frankly, I think we should have just cut Polito, eaten the contract, and just bought another nine, another DP nine. It's a, it's we're not going to sell him for a massive profit. We're not going to flip him like we did Busio. Well, that was one of the questions at the time, right? That that was you know that option was thrown out there on if that was like a feasible thing they should do or not, and yeah, it seemed I was thinking no way should that be the case at the time, but as you know. As more time goes on and things don't go well, it's looking like, okay, we probably should have. Yeah, but we see, we just don't know. There's a lot of finance stuff that we don't know, and um, I do wonder. So a spe- little speculation, okay? They never put Polito on Love a season-ending injury list. He's still not on the season-ending injury list. If they had done that, that would not have opened up a DP spot or anything like that, so it would not have helped. However, there are certain windows where they can – buy him out and let him go. And with a summer window coming up, I mean, because we're still in the initial window, I think, till May 1st or something. Um, I forget the exact date. But anyway, then the next window opens up in, like, June. It's, like, not very much difference. So there, there is a feasibility that they could just, yeah, okay, we aren't doing what we need to do. We need to add a DP. And at that point, they would actually spend the money to buy him out. And they might also be waiting at that point to say, okay, what does his healing look like? He had a surgery that is not one that everybody comes back from. They don't really want to – this isn't something that they're always like going out and saying, oh, here's the here's all the details, right? But it's essentially the same surgery that Jimmy Madranda had. And it took him really a year and a half, two years, to get back to where he was doing pretty good. He had, a, he had the little starts here and there. One of the big differences is, though, Polito is a fitness geek. I mean, fitness nut. Jimmy was a physical specimen. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily always working super hard. I, I'm not trying to badmouth Jimmy because I love the guy. But if anybody could come back from it, Polito could. But So they, maybe they're waiting for a couple months and saying, uh, okay, maybe this sucks. Bye-bye. Yeah, there we go. Got got back to it there at the end. In the middle of that of that classic long Thad story, there was some really good information. That yeah, that like you're right. That they could 
they could still make this decision. Yes. So I'm glad you you revisited it there at the end. I was about to jump on you for <laughs> for hiding for burying the lead there of that story, but yeah. Yeah, that, I try. <laughs> okay, so on Shallowy, let's get it right. He can go on a free halfway through the season. He can sign a contract but he, not leave on a free. Right. I mean, he, okay. he he can sign a contract and leave on a free at the end of the season. Okay. So we still have a chance to transfer him and get some money out of that. Yeah. Okay, so that happens, middle of the season. Obviously, Johnny takes over left wing, and then we spend that money on attacking 10 or another number 9 or in combination with something else that's going on maybe. And also this idea. Or another winger. Does Peter have to wait until, you know, <clears throat> okay, will Felipe be the player? Will Cam Duke be the player? How's Gotti going to come back with his injury? Do you think he's waiting those things out until he's smacked in the head and realizes, I've got to make a move, I've got to do something? Well, that's a, that's a good point, but I think the further this goes with losing games, he's gonna his hand will be forced on that, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, and I don't I don't want to say he's waiting to get smacked in the head, but one of the things he he's always said is I want to see this team for ten games before mm-hmm. I really right. make decisions. Right. We're six games in; it doesn't look pretty. Uh, two wins have both been at home. Four losses have been all on the road. They can get points at home if they're getting back in sync. And getting points at home, they it may not ever smack him in the head, quite honestly. But there's still a lot of things to wait out. Okay, we've seen a couple of years ago Seattle start off terrible, and then make a change in the middle of the season and, and go to a final, right? Because sometimes those high priced guys that Seattle's had didn't always perform, and then halfway through the season, boom, everybody's playing well. They go on a good run and they're in the MLS Cup. It it, it does happen. So I'm. Still far from eliminating that possibility. <laughs> but we're six games in. I know that, you know, I, I always want to write an article that says to panic or not to panic, right? And I say not to panic. We still have a lot to see. We're six games in. People have not been healthy. We, I don't still don't know when we'll ever get Kenda back. I'm assuming we get Kenda back. And then we have another transfer window that if everything's going shitty for the first 12 games, they can make a big move. Yeah, not to pimp one of my own articles because, you know, I'd never do that. But a couple articles ago, I did say, time to panic is going to be at the end of May. Ten games are done. We got a hard uh, road trip after that. Yeah. Exactly. Shameless plug. We're in agreement. (laughs) You whore. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thad, I have had enough of these excuses. We've been saying this about this team for years. Just they're, they're... they're, they just need a striker or the bad referee. Just some excuses. I'm tired of this. We, we're just off the mark every year. It can't just be injuries. We've been saying that excuse for the majority of my life, it feels like now at this point. Come on. There's no excuses. Your point? I, I trailed off. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I'm, trying to be our, I'm trying to be our negative Nancy. Well, I mean, I, that does lead to talking about this past game and uh, Foytis Bazakos. I think making a couple really bad calls. Yeah, how have we gone this long without getting to the to the best thing that has happened? That like the, the number one thing that I would want to talk about after a weekend like this would be Kyrie Shelton's tweet or Kyrie Shelton's Instagram story. By the way, can we call this segment "Gas Bag" or "Gas Light"? 
and we try to convince each other that the team's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. There we go. But we gaslight all of the negative sporting KC fans. Kyrie, no, this you know, is your fault. He gets yanked real hard and doesn't go down, which is something we praise him for. At least I praise him for all the time. I all praise Kyrie. As well, hold on. Before we get into it, so what we're referring Still to a stained glass. <laughs> Not a what, what we're referring to he is converts. Kyrie Shelton after getting dragged down just outside of the box slash in the box uh, could have, could have should have been a foul very blatant foul to many people including Kyrie Shelton who took to Instagram on his story and just as blatantly as you could imagine was blaming the referees hating on the referees got to expect a fine is coming for Kyrie. We're recording here Monday, and there no word on that yet. But got to imagine Wednesday. a fine is coming soon. Wednesday probably. Wednesday probably. Yeah. Okay. It started though in like the I think sixth minute where he was chasing a ball down the left side, and I mean very obviously gets tugged on twice by the Vancouver defender, doesn't go down, fights through it, ends up the ball gets turned over. Vancouver you know comes back down, and it was a pretty boring first half. But that's that's a very clear yellow card, right? To get to get pulled on from behind to stop his ability to potentially get a breakaway. A few minutes later, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, there's another play along that exact same side where Kyrie goes down and Bazakos actually calls the foul on Kyrie. Yep. Followed by then at the end and at the end of the first half, um, uh, maybe at the beginning of stoppage time, ball over the top, Kyrie's in on it. He there's clearly a hand on his on his right shoulder. You can see that he gets tugged on, and he goes down, and you know maybe he goes down easy, maybe he doesn't. I think Jake said that he went down, arguably a little easy. So yeah, there that's that's key there. Arguably a little easy because Kyrie doesn't ever do that because he's a strong dude, and so, and he saw earlier in this game that that wasn't working. I'm being strong. I try to stay on my feet. I'm not getting rewarded for it, and that right there is one of my biggest pet peeves. Beyond the way we keep the beyond the way we treat keepers and talk about keepers. Is my biggest pet peeve of this sport is if you want to cut out diving, reward players who stay on their feet and try to get that shot off. They they need to get you should get the shot, and if it doesn't go in, you should get the foul as well. I that that seems to me to be the better option for this than than just giving yellow cards because we've been doing that yellow cards for diving. We've been doing that for years now, and nothing is progressing. And the yellow cards don't benefit the team that was fouled. They benefit some team down the road when the guy gets another yellow card or accumulation. <laughs> like I and I've said this before and it, I don't that doesn't seem to be that crazy of an idea for me. If you want players to stay on their feet and keep running through a play, reward them for doing so and then don't punish them because they got off a bad shot for trying to stay on their feet. Why it, it just it, it, you guys are looking at me in support here but like what the hell? Why doesn't FIFA know this? What is going on here? Why are we still doing this? Why? Oh, it drives me insane. Yeah, I mean, because here's here's my real question: is if they had called the foul, right? And it probably was not a PK. It probably started just outside the box, right? But if they had called the foul, would anybody be really that up in arms that the foul got called? No, and no. that's why this gets to me. Ditto. I'm, I'm a notable referee hater. I hate all the referees. There, were, somebody would be like, ah, he went down easy, but still, so you know. Question, is Kyrie less likely to get a call because he is big, strong, and uh, one hell of a handsome guy? A hundred percent. I was just having this conversation watching with a bunch of people watching the Final Four. Big, big, strong players get punished for that. And I know that as a little skinny guy playing sports my whole life. I would get fouls. Just someone would bump into me, 
I'd get knocked over. They would get a foul called on Diver. Me. But, like, can you imagine? You're part of the problem. The like, final four, by the way, Thad, it's a basketball reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we're recording this Monday and night. I know the NBA was playing. That's we're recording this Monday night, and I said, we got to do it early because the basketball game is on. And Thad unsarcastically, genuinely asked twice, I should note, what basketball game? Had no idea. No idea. Oh, college. Oh. I even said national championship. Didn't understand that. Still didn't get it. <laughs> and my sarcasm was effective. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was on a roll there. You took me off my roll, but I don't remember where I was going with it. So anyway, anyway, Kyrie is big, strong, handsome. Yes. He doesn't get calls. And just going back to last year, what he got hit so hard, he had spleen damage. Mm-hmm. and No call. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine the force with which you must foul LeBron James for, to get him to move in a way he wasn't expecting? Well, there's really one spot. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, but, but that's also why there's increased flopping in the NBA. It's because LeBron will drive the lane, he'll get hacked, and he has to be more theatrical yeah. to show, like, hey, I did just get fouled. I'm just bigger and stronger than everybody else. Kyrie since have the same problem. He plays through so much contact that a smaller player, I don't know, like Dom Dwyer. Let's just say Dom Dwyer. <laughs> Dom would fall down. Just pull that name out of the air. Yeah, I don't know, random player. Or like even like and I like Diego, but like Diego goes down yes, really he does. easily. Yeah. He does. On stuff that Kyrie doesn't go down on. And I don't I, you have to think Kyrie would get more calls if he was more willing to go to ground. But as an American soccer fan, I don't want to watch that. Nope. I'd prefer the game not have flopping and diving. I'd, I'd prefer that guys not roll around on the ground pretending like they've been shot. Hallelujah. Well, and so I think you, you mentioned it. Like, that's, that's the sure difference there. That's, that's the difference in those two sports. In basketball, it's, you know, they, they call that foul. Yes, they have to do a little bit of flopping there. But still, you can see if someone really swings their arm hard at LeBron and it does it might not move him a lot, but they swung and slapped him on the arm. That's still a foul, you know? And and then also because the way scoring is, getting disrupted on one point isn't that big of a deal. You know, you can just come back and do it again. So the that's that's the big difference there, and that's the point I was making of if they just make these calls, then then it it prevents the the reason players are doing it. Like it I just, it seems like such a simple thing to me, and I don't understand why we don't change the way we're calling these things. Now, in, in some, uh, I can't even think of the right way to say this, in giving the refs some benefit of the doubt, they there are calls that are hard to make, and they're not in the right position, or they don't see the exact right angle or something like that. So, you know, there's a certain amount of them they're not going to get called. But some of Always. them are really freaking blatant, okay? Last year, Polito got pulled down in a horse collar in Minnesota. Minnesota. And I don't see how that was not obvious to anybody, okay? I mean, ARs should have both been able to see it. The ref should have been able to see it. It's, it was pretty obvious. You know, something like that. Uh, the, the injury that Kyrie got when the, ref, the goalie came out, maybe that's an angle that wasn't perfect and stuff like that. I get that. But, again, the one in the game this weekend, that was pretty, you know, there's an arm out on his shoulder, and he's being pulled back. Well, so, yeah, I didn't mean to just, I wasn't just flatly saying they need to get these, they need to make calls better. I, but on these, on these plays where, is. where they is. would, yeah, well, yeah, I guess you're right, they do. But on these plays, like, where 
the referee is is holding his arms out as an advantage, or everyone on the field knows that was a foul, but this guy stumbled a little bit, got back up, and and took a shot, and everyone on the field knows that if he didn't take that shot, then there would be a foul called. That that right there, like, why? Why? That That is what needs to change. It's not an advantage if you're off balance taking the shot. Yeah. Or I, mean, I used to foul people like that all the time, just get them off balance so they know that they're not going to make a good shot. Yeah, the off, that, that obviously, those blatant ones get me when they, they'll take it off balance, but that ha- it's so rare anymore because you never get rewarded for it. Players, like, don't even ever do it. So the ones that really get me are, like, it's you don't even know it until afterwards, but it's, like, because of that foul, it slipped him up a little bit. He the the amount of space he had, he got closed down just a, a minuscule of a you know just a second quicker than he should have been and the shot just gets disrupted a slightly just in the, in the tiniest way that is what the difference is for me and if you if you reward players by giving them that that chance and a foul couple years of that and all right diving is diving is donezo agreed or just find the bejesus out of them ten percent of your salary. <laughs> Okay. Increasing amounts next time twenty percent. Okay, so we are. What what else have we not discussed here? We're getting close to needing to wrap this up. We have a hard out. There is a basketball game tonight. That a uh, an important game. We're getting close. What time? Well, I'm ready to go because I just need to walk across this room over there to the TV and watch. But <laughs> David here, David here is going to drive home back to a, a safe place to watch, and I don't blame him. I have. To, I'm apparently going to watch this game around a North Carolina fan, and I'm not looking forward to it. All right, so if we don't have a match preview pod later in the week, what do you think the odds are of us scoring two goals against the staunch defense of Nashville? Zero percent. Zero percent that we'll score two goals? My God, are we at that point? Yes. They have a great defense. They play very compact at the back, three center backs. Um, They don't give up multiple goals all that often. Um, And... I refuse to believe Nashville is good. It just doesn't seem right in my head. Well, who put their team together? Oh, come on. Should I know that? Yes. <laughs> Can Does anybody know this? Yes. Okay, Thad, enlighten the man. Well, what are you leaving the man hanging for like that then? Because I'm looking on. at you because it's much better to watch you oh, come on. dangle in the wind. Uh, Mike Jacobs, former assistant technical oh, director yeah, okay. for Sporting Kansas City. Well done. Former coach of Illinois, some team in Illinois, I believe. Well, well done, and thank you for letting me flail there all by myself. Super nice guy, too. Super smart. He actually went about building the team much like Sporting would build a team. He just has the advantage of it being an expansion team. But, hey, we've shut out both opponents at home. Do we even need more than one goal? Valid point. It would make everybody feel slightly better. Yes, yes, it would. Looking at the team right now, I don't know where goals are coming from. So, we, yeah, we need to stop all goals, I think. I'll go 2-0 win this weekend. Felipe Hernandez and Janis. Janis. I'm never right. When you see the name Janis, when you see it written out, you still say to, to Zonis in your head, like, first, right? In your head, just for a second. No, I've programmed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I don't know how I'm ever going to get around that. If, I, if that is on the screen, there's no way my brain can comprehend that it's Janice. You know, okay. So it's dumb, dumb, dumb Midwestern grew Loader. up in the Podunk, Missouri kind of dumb question here. 
Greek food, the sauce that they put on stuff, is it tzatziki sauce or tzatziki sauce? Tzatziki, love it. See, it's TZ, right? It should be wow, like... Wow, Thad, that is a valid point. That You're supporting me. I thought you were going to make fun of me, and it was a complete... 360 there. No, I, 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 I went in totally on my, my own self here, man, because I know that me in pronouncing names that weren't around Orchard Farm, Missouri growing up, I can't handle very well. I, that's a fun That's a fun game. We're going to do this next episode of Midwesternly pronouncing MLS names. <laughs> For what it's worth, <laughs> I know the Cypriots speak Greek, but he is from Cyprus, not Greece, so perhaps there's a uh, thing. I don't know. We're about oh. to jump the shark. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't, I don't oh, know. That was, that was a valid part of that discussion that I didn't, that I was not picking up on. Yeah, well-rounded no. show tonight, guys. You're, you're correct. There's lessons. probably a, a an accent that they use or something different. But uh, <laughs> all right. So quick weekend recap. Casey Current mm-hmm. lost. Do we have <laughs> they any had good their, news? They had their first home game at Children's Mercy Park for this year. Sporting lost. The Comets lost on the road. The next day, Sporting KC2 won on the road at Minnesota United. Two goals. One by Mateo Bunbury. And then uh, KC Comets lost again. And they are now be going into the playoffs. All right. Any final words? David, how are you feeling about this game? Rock Rock Talk Jayhawk. Let's go Rock Talk Jayhawk. Just been sent off. Some putters strong and all come stop my fun buttons. Got me drinking. My fun buttons got me drinking. My foot buttons got me drinking. Give me a whiskey winner gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My foot buttons got me drinking. My foot buttons. Got me drinking. My fun fun team's got me drinking.